Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Shout. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Why, hello and welcome to episode 102 of the KaijuCast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. And my name is Kyle, and this is the episode, let's see, the first episode of February 2014. I don't have any notes in front of me, so we're basically winging this one. And it's actually Valentine's Day. Today is Valentine's Day. We're recording... A very special episode uh, with a very special theme, and I would like to introduce my co-hosts for the evening, starting with Mr. Brian Cook. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Rachel Cook is here as well. Hi there. And back for another episode, my lady, Lady Kyle. Hi, everybody. And uh, this is a we're the theme of this episode is Godzilla and love. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's a yeah, it's a uh, it's a theme that I don't think anyone would have thought possible on this podcast <laughs> or any any podcast about Godzilla, really. But you know, I figured why not talk about uh, about Godzilla? Talk about the love stories involved. I mean, there's you don't really think about that a lot. But yeah. that's what we're going to be talking about for this particular episode, and uh, I think it's going to. I hope it's going to come out with a really good <laughs> conversation and something that's going to be a you know a memorable listening experience for uh, for all of you out there. We do have some other stuff to cover as well. We have a couple of news items, and of course, we have some requests, as we always like to play requests here. Uh, we are going to start off with something from a movie that I have not actually seen. Uh, Brian, have you ever seen the animated film The Little Prince and? The Dragon, I think is what it's called. No, I have not. I'm familiar with it. But well, Akira Fukube did the music for it. And uh, uh, listener Jim Figursi, as I hope I'm saying your last name right, he requested Sake Drinking Yamato no Orochi. And we're going to start this uh, two-song block off with that. <laughs>
Okay, so we started things off uh, with sake drinking Yamato, uh, Yamata no Nurochi. That's from, uh, like I said, The Little Prince and the... I think it's The Little Prince and the Eight-Headed Dragon is the name of that film. Uh, sure. It's on I my list of movies to watch now because I did not... I actually didn't know that Toho did any like high-quality animated films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, that was for Jim. And then we uh, followed that up with another song. This was from Godzilla Final Wars by Daisuke Yano called Godzilla versus the Three Monsters. Uh, and that brings us to where we are right now, which is we're going to talk about Godzilla and romance and <laughs> love themes. Because seriously, like, what what do you, I mean, Brian, like, what do you think of when you think about, like, Godzilla and, and romance? Well, we, we talked about this. Aside from the romance you have with Godzilla. That's true. Right. Um, we <laughs> talked about it on the way over as a joke, Rachel and I, because we didn't know that was what the topic was. And then, <laughs> and then as we actually started thinking about it, there are tons of examples. It, it was really kind of weird. Um, and uh, oh, I forgot what you asked me, though. Specifically. No, what do you think of when, like, if <laughs> yeah, if somebody says that to you, like, oh, you know, what's the, what's the best, what's the best love story in a Godzilla movie? Well, I mean, I'll just go right for it. The first thing that really stood out in my mind was the first film has a love triangle that I never would have thought of that movie as a love triangle romance film, but it's totally there, and it's it's the human subplot of the movie, basically. Yeah. Dr. Sarazawa is to be wed with Emiko, and Emiko is in love with Ogata, and it really is, like, I think that's probably the most prominent love story but it's also very subtle in a sense like i think it took me several times of watching the film before i really got it even though they uh in the american version they totally like pretty much talk about it like they they have it be part of the the english dialogue in in a sense but yeah i just i never really thought about it until today when i was like oh it'd be kind of interesting to i was talking with the lady about it now lady kyle has not seen a ton of godzilla movies i have not but but you have seen some so in fact you have seen the very first movie i have yeah now when you saw the first movie did you think like did you think anything about the love story like because some people because i would almost say it's so subtle that you might not get that ogata and emiko really need to you know, break things off with Sarazawa so that Ogata and Emiko can be together. That's uh, uh Sarazawa is the one with the eye patch. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, yeah. So, like, what did you ever think about the love story involved yeah, no, I in the first on. movie? I mean, I think I think that's the thing too is that watching a, a weird outsider perspective. In that, I guess I still kind of am an outsider. Uh. I I love all the monster stuff, but I think I notice a lot more of the subplot just because I I'm sort of like, oh, cool monsters. And then I'm like, what's going on over here? And I start to kind of focus on it a little bit more. And, yeah. you know, being sort of girly, I guess I do yeah. watch a lot of <laughs> stupid romantic <laughs> movies and I've sucked poor, poor Kyle into those as well. Um, So I do think I notice I, I jokingly said my favorite kaiju uh, romance was between <laughs> it was between the little boy and uh, and baby turtle Gamera because there's a lot of love there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I think Brian Rachel has a slapping Brian right now because I totally said the same thing in the car yeah. on the way here. I thought it was like I was like, like weirdly innocent sweet love story about him and this turtle and then it was like so kind of like crapped on by everybody i, I was like he just really loved that turtle. brian was saying well it's more like a pet i was like but it's love it is it's love. love it doesn't have to be romantic yeah. love i think that's the thing too is yeah. that like there i mean even if you think about it what godzilla and Minya, there's still i mean as much love as you can when you're like flinging him across yeah. the thing and like setting him on fire or whatever yeah, if, even. if we're, <laughs> if we're- <laughs> If we're not relegating this love to humans, then I would definitely say yeah. that one of the strongest love stories is probably Ichiro and Minya in Godzilla's Revenge, because yes. he just can't wait to get yes. back on that island to hang out with Minya. <laughs> hang out with Minya. But I don't, I mean, we're like, so if you went case by case, like, and we're not going to go through every single movie, but there are some that stand out. And so the love story in the very first movie which is a love triangle in a sense, you know, because you've got three people involved and, um, you know, they want to break that off with 
uh, Serizawa so that Ogata and Emiko could be together. You know, you almost get something of the same nature in the second film in Godzilla Raids again. Um, but it's a little like I actually found that one to be much more subtle than the oh, first yeah. film because yeah. in uh, in the first film, you've got your three. Those are three main characters. And then the main characters in Godzilla Raids again are just very bland. Like, and, uh, you know, a lot of people know that I, I watched the dubbed version for the mm. first time last year. So I was used to the even slower, drier version of the Japanese film. And, um, so that's Sukioka, who is played by Hiroshi Koizumi, uh, and Hidemi, which is his girlfriend, his, in the dubbed version, I think he says oh, like banana oil. Oh, banana oil. Yeah. But in the dubbed version, I think uh, I think he's like he calls Sukioki his his girl. She is my best girl, or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Like, and then there's Koji, which I like in previous viewings. I actually always thought that like Koji was in, like interested in one of the other like radio operators from the from the second film, but I guess he was really interested in um in Hidemi, but. I wouldn't have known it if if I hadn't heard it on like a podcast or I think it was on the commentary from Steve and uh, and Stuart Galbraith. But uh, and then, you know, you don't get another really strong romantic. You get relationships in these films, but right. you don't get like a strong romantic pull until 1965 with Nick Adams and uh, Kumi Mizuno, which is I mean, I don't want to say like chemistry on fire or anything like that because it's not, i really don't feel like it's that overt but they definitely have a thing and i think it was like yeah. one of the first definitely one of the first kisses in a kaiju film right where or we mm. i feel like we talked about that recently but uh, I, don't know, I don't know for sure that'd be an interesting it's factoid. it's definitely very it's almost jarring when you see it because you're like whoa this is in a this is a movie for kids. Why are they making out? <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, obviously. <laughs> Enjoy a good makeout session myself every once in a while. But that's, the, uh, that's true. Uh, uh, the other thing I was actually even going to say about yeah. the, the romance angle and, and the fact that it sparked by you saying it was jarring to see them kissing. <clears throat> I think even in, in sort of like action monster horror movie stuff in general, especially from that era, you know, pre what this, 70s maybe even mm. 60s 70s um especially in japanese movies that i've seen or or anything kind of outside of america like the love is not the focus like there's not a lot of like rom like sweeping romantic epics of cinema like that oh, come yeah. from it's such an american thing to have that much sort of like touchy romantic feely ooh kind of like it's just not mm -hmm. a thing that really happens so i think bringing up the subject and kind of going what where's the romance it's sort of like well they didn't really do that you right know? so it does and, and yeah sense. and in a sense like who's the romance for it's for the adults obviously <laughs> right like the the family the mom who has to take her kids to the theater <laughs> yeah. you know and that's and then eventually that all that gets tossed you know? <laughs> and you're just eventually sitting with kitty fair so i'm sure that it was just like go to the theater i don't even want to be in the same room as those giant monsters on screen but uh you know uh it you bring up a good point, which was essentially that, you know, the giant monsters are the thing. Like, that's what people are going to see these movies for. Yeah. This is just like a little extra spice or a little <laughs> something for the, for the, the, uh, for the tale involved. And, you know, there are some other, there are couples, like there's, uh, uh, Fumiko and Fujita and King Kong versus Godzilla. They're definitely a couple, but they're not like, you know, that's not that's never explored right Their relationship yeah. is not explored they're not they're not really even main characters really i mean they are a little bit but they're you know that's that's the uh the woman who's falling down and king oh, kong versus godzilla down, uh but uh <laughs> and then in Giger the three-headed monster there's like a thing maybe between you know some of the characters but it's never really again never really explored and um but when we were when i was thinking about it i was like well you know Maybe there's three, three Godzilla movies that have like a, an actual romance going on. But and as it turns out, there are, uh, there are more. And sure, it, it dwindles and, and really just sort of dries up in the seventies. 
But in 1975, uh, this is another one that I, I think of, Katsura and, uh, oh, where is it? What's his name here? Oh, Ichinose. Ichinose and Katsura and, and uh, Terror mm. of Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Like, he is really trying hard to get with her, <laughs> with that robot chick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I know it's uh, there's a chance it could be platonic, but man, he's really, really trying. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's like the end of the of the Showa era, actually. So then the next big, big, big thing is in 1985 or, 19, you know, Godzilla 1985, mm-hmm. as we know it here. But Godzilla Returns, what do you call it? You call it Godzilla Returns? I, I usually or? go with Godzilla 1985. Yeah. Return of Godzilla. Return of Godzilla sounds Straight way better. Straight up Godzilla. Godzilla 1985 <laughs> is really recognizable as a name, though. So that's sort of kind of how I, anyway, I'm rambling. Uh that has a really, really like overly romantic, mm-hmm. like I don't know what they were thinking kind of vibe to it. Right. It's almost like because they were trying to remake the first film, they're like, let's try to do something like like that again, but it, it's not executed properly. Yeah. So for those of you who have not seen Godzilla 1985, because it is not on DVD, uh, legit DVD, it is uh, the basic premise is that this guy who's on a boat gets found by a reporter uh goro is the name of the reporter and the uh he had the the guy who was found on the boat gets has a sister and the sister's name is naoko and basically when goro meets naoko it's totally it's it's not a uh love at first sight love is in the air kind of music playing in the background but you can tell like his interest is peaked. <laughs> but um as far as and I'm not a great I'm not a great judge of a romantic film or a romantic theme in a film, but I did not think that that did a good job of yeah, of that, treating that the characters good. romantically and it was the first of many falls for romance in the Heisei era cuz if you think about each individual film of the Heisei era, there's something in almost every one. I mean, it might be a little more in the background, might be a little more in the foreground, but like, Rachel, have you seen all the Heisei movies? No, no. I haven't actually. That, mm. We were just talking about that. Right? Yeah, because yeah. they're also some of the ones that are not super easily, you know, obtainable on mm-hmm. DVD. And mm-hmm. yeah, so you've got 1984, there's the. Sort of. It's not really a love triangle, but you've got, you know, those Goro and Naoko in 1985. And then in Biolante, you have the, uh, I have their names written down. <laughs> Unfortunately, all the, all the characters in Biolante don't really stand out to me, but there's yeah. definitely like, I specifically remember in the dub, he was the, uh, his name is Kazuhito and he was, uh, telling his girlfriend that, that he was going to try and take a job in America. And she was like, oh, I want to go with you maybe. And, you know, there's this whole like <laughs> sub thread of like, that's a relationship. And I, yeah. I'd say that falls more into the relationship, but they definitely like, there is a love theme. So Koichi, uh, Sugiyama, I think is the guy who did the, the, the soundtrack for that, that movie. And there is a love theme in the film, wow. like straight up. Love that's theme. what it's called. I think so. I think it's called a thorny love. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then for uh, and then King Ghidra, you get um, the writer Kenichiro, and and mm-hmm. uh, he's sort of got eyes for Emmy, which is right. turns out is spoiler alert Whoop. is his granddaughter. Oh or, no, 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 she's yeah, yeah, that's right. Is, she's yeah, her. She's grand- his granddaughter. Yeah. Ew. So yeah, they they can't. They can't. She's. But like the whole time, he's he's totally like, uh, <laughs> there is that is a hilarious movie, and that, a lot of people think it's like they rank it very highly in their Godzilla uh, lists, but it's not anywhere near my top ten. But um, probably the entire movie, uh, Kazuhito or yeah, not Kazuhito, Kenichiro's assistant essentially is totally hitting on him and like you can tell she wants him like it's this whole she keeps saying things and even in the dub which is 
the bad Hong Kong studio dub stuff. Oh, like, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard she, it. She uh, leaves a message on his machine at one point. She's like, and if your book's a hit, then we can get married. And it's just <laughs> kind of like, what is going on with this chick? But <laughs> uh, Kenichiro totally like meets Emmy from the future. She's from the future. And uh, she, uh, yeah, he thinks, he thinks, oh, you know, I've got a special connection with this girl. And he does, but it's, you know, a connection that spans generations. <laughs> familial. Yeah, that's so not familial. Cool. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. I just started thinking about it. I was like, man, like, how many more of these? And then in Mothra versus, or Godzilla versus Mothra, excuse me, uh, they're, uh, I don't have their names written down, but the, the explorer guy indiana jones indiana jones and his <laughs> ex-wife and they they have this sort of like tumultuous relationship yeah. then mothra brings them back together they rekindle oh. Oh, yeah, a little bit does do they i think so. they do they actually kind of get back yeah. together yeah. at the end they of the movie together yeah it's silly but yeah it's it happens and then um and then in mechagodzilla brian you want to take this one mm, do you remember I'm it very well think. It's been a while since I've seen it too, but um, in Godzilla of... versus Mechagodzilla, I don't think you've they, seen that one. No, I haven't seen that. They never tried to give Miki Segusa a boyfriend or anything like that. Did no, they, they, they didn't. They never tried to go that route. The closest they came, and that we could talk about that a little bit, but it's like it's also one of those throwaway things from the Heisei era. Is that in uh, Godzilla versus Destroya, there's the kid who comes up with the. Uh, the theory about Godzilla's heart, you know, yeah, melting yeah, yeah. down. And that's the kid who he's not interested in taking part of the, of the, uh, in, you know, in researching Godzilla, which is ridiculous. Cause that yeah. was what his paper was about. <laughs> and he's like, no, no thanks. I'd rather stay here in school or something. And then, and then, uh, there, uh, the dude calls Mickey Segusa and he's like, you're working with Mickey Segusa. I'll leave right away. Like he's <laughs> totally got the hots for her. And then says like really awkward things to her, and yeah. it's a really awkward relationship. <laughs> uh, but the the lead character Kazuma Aoki in uh, in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, yeah, he falls in love with. Ooh, I don't know her name, but she's the the girl who who's actually working with the egg. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. like, but it's a weird. That's a weird like relationship wow. that doesn't yeah. actually. Like nothing ever happens there. That's right. I mean, at the end, they're sort of flying on his uh, robotic pteranodon, <laughs> fly, like little plane. Lady Kyle's just it's sitting here so going, romantic. "Like, what are all these movies? Why haven't I seen these?" Like, it sounds so romantic. Yeah, it does. Out of it context, does. it's so crazy. <laughs> we could make our very own like love, uh, love boat style. Not love boat. That's a show. Uh, what is it like? Tunnel of Love yeah. <laughs> ride yeah, yeah, with yeah, all yeah. the Godzilla romance montage. themes. <laughs> yeah, a montage of all the clips and music. Yeah, it's, and it would uh, be way longer than anyone thought. <laughs> yeah, and, and so that was Mecha Godzilla, and then Space Godzilla. Mick, oh yes, Space Godzilla is where Mickey Segusa finally starts to fall for somebody. And there's uh, it's one of the oh, one of the yeah. lead dudes. There's like two Jeez, two guys. Please forgive me for not knowing all the names of one of the worst Godzilla movies in the history <laughs> of the of the world. But I'm so disappointed. The guys. Yeah, fine. I'll just look it up. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, please uh, don't. It's okay. <laughs> the guy, the two lead, uh, the the as in like the heroes in a right. sense of uh, from Space Godzilla. Like one of them falls for Mickey Segusa. That's yeah, true. They come to save her at one point, and like again, like I, I, in fact, if you if you're just going by the Heisei era stuff, it's all falls flat to me. Like yeah. I don't, I don't find a single, and I, like I said, I'm not a big romantic guy when it comes to movies but man i didn't feel us an ounce of uh of feels of for <laughs> any of those uh, any of those relationships they yeah. were just kind of like boring and it took me back to like when i was a kid and i would watch movies not just monster movies but mo whenever i would watch a movie and be like i don't care about yeah. <laughs> these people i want to see the starships blow up or, why is there you know, a building on fire this, <laughs> this is ridiculous <laughs> why is there a building on fire that's what i liked I, no i said why isn't there a oh building isn't on fire? okay <laughs> makes sense makes sense these people need to stop kissing and be set on fire <laughs> well it's funny when you when you hear people talk about these movies you know the godzilla films they 
oftentimes say, ah, who cares about the characters? Who cares about the development? It's all about the monsters. Yes, it is true that that is, like I said earlier, the monsters are the thing. Like, that's what you want to talk about. That's what you want to have your movie really revolve around. But, you know, like Ishiro Honda and Shinichi Sekizawa, the screenwriter from this show, uh, for a lot of the films in the Showa era, you know, they were really good at weaving believable characters Mm -hmm. into a tale that involved monsters. And, you know, that was one of the things that I love about Monster Zero and, you know, even Gita the Three-Headed Monster and Destroy All Monsters to a Point. And, you know, those films is that even though the monster action may be better or worse or what have you, there's still enjoyable aspects about the characters in those films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that has to do with their relationships. And, you know, I really do think that, uh, over, well, we'll come back to it later. Don't let me forget. We got to sort of like rank the best relationships in these movies <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Top five, top five love stories of Godzilla, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so yeah, Space Godzilla and then Destroya has a couple of little things as well. And then you get the nothing. Of course, you get the American treatments, but we're not going to talk about Matthew Broderick and Maria oh. Patillo. Are you sure you want <laughs> I'm to? I'm so disappointed. No, I don't. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> really Matthew don't. Yeah, you want to lose some listeners. Let's talk yeah. about Matthew Broderick and Maria Patillo. That's the best love story. The, the worm, worm guy. guy. Okay. <laughs> Jinx? Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's not something we should do. No. Uh, and then you get the, the Shinsei or the Millennium series, right? The Shinsei era. And, you know, there's sort of not, I guess there's not really anything in 2000. Misaki Tezuka, though, that guy likes to bring in some elements of a love story. And he's, I like his work, but I do not like his love story stuff. I say the same thing about Guillermo del Toro and humor. Like, I love what he does, but he shouldn't try and make things funny because yeah. his humor is a little off the mark. And so I kind of feel the same way about Tezuka. So, Mega Gearus, you've got the cool, <laughs> you've got the cool guy who's building tiny little robots. I could see Brian's yeah. gears turning. I know. Because <laughs> this is something I've just been thinking about today. And like, I'm springing this all on him right now. Uh, my brain it, is like, oh no, who yeah. are these characters? I don't remember anyone. Now. I'm not even referring to them by name anymore. Uh, but yeah, you've got the the robot guy, the guy who builds the tiny little mm-hmm. robots. They recruit him for the JSDF yeah. or JSDF the, or whatever the black hole project that they're working on, and uh, he totally has a thing for what's her name yeah exactly what's her name <laughs> the girl with the hat on wait i got it every single film from now on I just, so there was that dude right. who liked the chick remember people yeah. like this show because it's informative totally <laughs> i've seen that movie <laughs> yeah you have seen that movie uh you know you haven't seen mega Gearus though but no, it, no. yeah they it, yeah he has a mm-hmm. thing for the uh the chick who who's basically heading the griffin right not griffin is it griffin it is griffin in that movie yeah the griffin team Oh, the Griffin. Griffin is the name of the ship that they fly. Right. I know way too much about these films. My brain went to the uh, the monster, the Griffin, that wasn't used. Mm-hmm. I was like, where is he going? I'm really lost now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really losing Brian. <laughs> but yeah, I'm losing Brian with all this love stuff. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting point that like these films they do actually have, do yeah. have love stories in them. There, there are many romance bits that can perhaps get glommed onto. I would love to talk to somebody like a mom from the sixties mm-hmm. and say like, do you want me to call my mom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you think about Nick Adams <laughs> and monster zero? Did you think that his relationship mm-hmm. with Miss Namikawa was believable? I did look Namikawa. <laughs> we're not robots <laughs> that's the best uh anyway i gotta break through these last few movies so megagiris and uh and even in gmk right so gmk had uh yuri mm-hmm. yuri was the main lead actress yeah the- she had two love interests in that film both of whom were extremely awkward scandalous. totally scandalous but no no <laughs> she actually 
she didn't seem to have the interest. They were interested they were, in yeah. her. Oh, that's very <laughs> different. <laughs> I guess I should have clarified that, which I did. I just did. Yeah, good <laughs> job. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the one. And then again, Masaki Tezuka comes back for Mechagodzilla and Tokyo SOS, mm-hmm. both of which kind of sort of have a love interest thing going on, but they're also super subdued. Like, yeah. not, I wouldn't say. I, I really wouldn't even classify those. Now, here's the big one. Final Wars. Brian Cook, Rachel Cook, and I can't ask the lady because she hasn't seen Final Wars. I just have seen the poster. Yeah. <laughs> a million <laughs> Which times. Which is spectacular, but it has a girl and a dude on it, and they look pretty chummy. There are, there are m- multiple dudes and multiple girls in that movie. Brian and Rachel, is there a love story in Final Wars? This is not a trivia question. Mm. Uh, the guy that looks like Mario loves his Atragon ship. Is that a love, love story? <laughs> I don't yeah, think he does there. love that ship. Uh, no, there, I think there is actually a love story, but it's not a love story. Do you remember the end of the film when they're talking about having to repopulate the Earth? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, yeah. Thank you, Ruhei Kitamura. Yeah. The, yeah. All the mutant stuff subplot of that movie, I tuned out a lot of that stuff. So You mean the romantic mutant subplot of the well, movie? I, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the, the human, human, the human mutant, mutant yeah. love. Romantic subplot. Yeah. It's, it seemed like... Trying to fit a love plot was more something that they focused on in the Showa era. That was that seems yeah. like from that era of. I would agree with that. Well, the Heisei, the, okay, I would say it's successfully done somewhat in the Showa era. Mm-hmm. Shoehorned in, <laughs> yeah, into the Heisei era <laughs> yeah. in every freaking film, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's something in all. What is it? Seven of those films. Mm-hmm. There's like something in every one, right? And then the Millennium series just kind of. Like many yeah. things about the Millennium series, which I do love films in the, in that, you know, era, but it's almost like, eh, we don't know what we're doing. We're giving up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try it's... this. Maybe the, maybe the doctor loves the, the, the military woman, you know? Yeah. The, as far as the Millennium films go, it is interesting that they tried so many different things. Yeah. And, and a lot of things did fail, I would say, but, uh, a couple things really worked, like GMK and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Those really worked, but that has nothing to do with love plots, though. You're just talking about the movies themselves. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I, that's a side that I wanted to throw so, in there. So it would probably be smart of us to actually talk about things <laughs> other than love stories, because, you well, know. We're forgetting <laughs> monster love. We haven't focused yeah, we on haven't. that yet. I do feel like you guys should focus on that. Yeah, That's, because mm. I mean, there's two Rodans at the end of Rodan. That is Aww, definitely a love story yeah. in a sense. Really yeah, sweet. tragic. And, you know, spoiler alert for a film that came out in 1956. One Rodan <laughs> kills himself to yeah. when the other Rodan dies. Yeah. That That's is a tragic right But story. then he does it and he's back and gives to the three-headed monster. Uh, what else? That's a good one, though. That's a really good point. That is uh, like a you know. Like yeah, we weren't Julia. going. We weren't going off the Godzilla train, but we could we could step off that track and go into the other kaiju stuff. Rachel, do you have anything you would like to talk okay, about? Well, I have to say because I'm such a huge fan, um, King Kong has the ultimate love story with for a monster Fei Ray for a monster movie. The original general. 1933. Mm-hmm. Yes. And well, 1976. You could say 1976. And as well, 2005. <laughs> you could say all three. King Kong mm, and that job. blonde lady. <laughs> yes. In all of the and, yeah. and, yeah, are you going to say and? Duan? And, what? And, Duan. The and. Oh, look. King Kong lives. <laughs> Did you want King me to? Kong yeah. Lives. King yeah, Kong I'm lives literally has Kong and Lady Kong sharing love scenes where they he literally picks her flowers he pulls trees out of the ground and gives her flowers he tries to give her a snake and she, and she gets doesn't angry like the snake. it uh if if anyone hasn't seen king kong lives it's you can probably find it on youtube Is the that entire the one with movie the baby? yeah 
Oh, I have seen that. The yeah, end of it. Yeah. I, made, I made her watch the last half of it. Sorry about that. Spoiler. Hey, we're talking about romance. Clearly, babies are going to come up at some point. <laughs> I know they this is a family do. show. I don't want to. Do. I'm not going to get into how that happens, but. You see, Lady Cow, <laughs> when a giant man gorilla a very <laughs> loves a giant lady gorilla. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this week on a very special Kaiju cast. <laughs> the after school special. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, and actually, you know, we're talking about kaiju films and, you know, King Kong from 1977 and then King Kong Lives, which is, sorry, yes, sorry. you're correct. Mighty P. King Man is 1977. Yes. Found out recently. Uh, King Kong from 1976 and uh, King, King Kong, Kong Lives from 86, 87? 87, is it? Okay. I think it's 87. Yeah. Uh, those, I gotta say. Definitely man in suit kaiju films. You know? Full on. Oh yeah. Full, Full on. on. Like I forgot. Like every time we talk about like American monster movies and kai you know, what it would be an American kaiju film, I forget about really? those movies. Uh, well, I forget about the King Kong because I had never really seen King Kong lives until very recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, it's uh definitely a man in a suit. And uh you know, there's some improvements over the what we saw in 1967 for King Kong Escapes, mm-hmm. but you know, it's Rick Baker too. In this yeah, one. yeah, and he does fight other monsters, sort of the T Rex. No, that's no. a snake no, in the, the 70s. At, huh? In 33? Oh, in 33? Oh, yeah. In yeah, 33, he fights a couple of different oh, yeah. monsters. He fights, he fights like monsters. a Pteranodon. Yeah. He fights it. There's T-Rex the lost and... giant spider scene. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot of you know. Kaiju battles, basically. So I, I, I hate to do this, but we have to get back on track. For I that, know. For yeah, yeah I know. Stuff. I can talk about King Kong all day. But King yeah. Kong is a romance. Someday, film. someday. Yeah. yeah, I would say uh, even in the uh, even in the Japanese versions, there's still a little bit mm-hmm. of a a love story going on. Uh, yeah. He definitely picks up uh, uh, Fumiko in King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, isn't there a love story with uh, in that one? It's a little bit, little yeah. bit like that. But I then one of the guys that's like on the island is all, all upon the island girl and or something. I don't remember. Now I'm trying to rationalize what I was talking no, about. No, no. I thought it's there was like, something going on on that island. With no, the- not with the ladies. There's a, there's a, there's a girl who's, I guess her son gets trapped in a hut, the hut with the, uh, the berry juice oh, that, the you know, juice. Yeah. The, and then the, uh, the octopus attacks the hut. He's after the berry juice and, uh, uh, and then King Kong is like, "That's my berry juice," and it fights the octopus. But the uh, King Kong escapes. This guy up here, mm-hmm. uh, you have an American chick as the uh, as the romantic interest. But there's no romantic interest between her and the other actors. It's pretty much just Kong falls in love right. with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's uncomfortable. And McKinney Kong is. I should jealous. not have said that. That is not what I should have said. Uh, yeah, she sits. She's has this whole thing where she's like, very quickly he uh, starts to understand her. She's all like, "Put me down, Kong. Put me down." Wow, that's a really good imitation. It's a really good imitation. Kong, You're welcome. Put me down. It's over and over and over again. Oh really. man, it's like I. She's actually easy on the eyes, but man, worst oh, part of that movie. Man. Mayhama is better. Anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> talk about romance. Woo woo, Bond girl. Uh, we let's see what else. Well, if we're talking about other movies, I would say that even better than um, even better than what Nick Adams does for uh romance in in uh Monster, Monster Zero, Zero, he it's actually he does even better in Frankenstein Conquers the World. Yeah, because you get a real sense that he is trying to woo. Uh, Kumi Mizuno's character mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I would guess that, you know, women of the 1960s would find Nick Adams a handsome man. Sure. Yeah. I would say I've got just I, nods and I, slight yeah, nods and like, shoulder shrugs from the ladies and, in the room. And I'm saying, and I'm saying, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we're more into really hairy bearded men. No, yeah, that's, that's uh, our jam. And we're clearly not ladies from the 1960s. That's so. true. Right. That's true. Yeah. We're, Brian, we're lucky men. We're lucky men. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I can't think of any, any other real, like, romance that really sticks out to me. But, like, 
I guess this would be a good, good time to say, like, let's call it. Like, what's the what's the best romantic subplot in a, in a giant monster movie from Japan? We can just open that up to to any kaiju film, really. Uh, the original Godzilla, I mean, it really, it, 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 on every level, it is probably, I mean, the best of the Godzilla series when you consider it as a, you know, in the scope of all the film, but that uh, love triangle is probably the most developed, most focused on, you know? Yeah, yeah. M- most well fleshed out of all of the love stories. So. Mrs. Cook? Hmm. Can it be something that I always wished happened? That Why don't we talk about that and we'll see. That No, I'm okay, I'm going to go Ultraman on it. this. I'm going to yeah? go Ultraman cuz I'm a big Ultraman fan. And I always I two of my favorite characters the love between are, Pigmon and, <laughs> and his and balloon. And I'm not going to go Pigmon, but okay. oh, but balloon. that's a good one. Pigmon and his balloon. Pigmon and his balloon. It's great. Um, but no, I'm thinking Science Patrol folks and we've got Hayata who is very attractive and awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> We are learning new things about Rachel today. <laughs> it just it just no, no. struck me. Rachel likes guys with foreheads. Because <laughs> Hayata awesome. has a very, very awesome. strong forehead. Okay. Awesome. Hayata and what now? <laughs> I like no reaction for Nick Adams. Then she's like, Hayata is very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys watch Ultraman at home, does she go, whoo? Like, uh, like uncontrollably. <laughs> no. Ayata watch... becomes Ultraman. Uh, what was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> we watched. Uh, we've been watching James Bond movies, and she's never seen them. Oh. And when we watched Doctor No for the first time, she saw James Bond on screen, Sean Connery for the first time, and she legitimately paused me and was like, "He's really handsome. Did you know that? Like, he's a really handsome man." I'm like, "That's kind of his reputation, yeah." But not the Sean Connery I knew. Who I'm thinking Indiana yeah, she Jones, thought, and I'm she going, thought Professor yeah, yeah. Jones. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's a man. Sean he Connery. Was Bond? That is a hot man. <laughs> <laughs> that red banana hammock doesn't for that a lot of people. That's a great look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay. Hayata, Hayata? Doing, yeah. <laughs> Hayata and Fuji. How adorable of a couple would that be? Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. they would be adorable. I, they're just both so cute. And I or I, I wish I knew I the episode where Hayata was hanging out with that other chick. That's I was actually gonna say, I was like, I know that there was there was totally romantic tension because oh. there was another girl at one point that he was like talking to by a fountain or something. And, like, they cut back to them talking later, like, when they're done, uh, Hayata and Fuji, or they start talking again. And she totally has, like, stank face at him. Like, yes. she, she's upset about it. Oh. I, may, and maybe I did not pick up on I that. Always, yeah. And I, I think a woman's because of that yeah. episode, yeah, it's I good thought. To, good to have yeah. that. And, like, she was jealous. Oh, no, like, Hayata. I kind of always felt, like, as much Ultraman as I've, I've watched now, and I yeah. I really she enjoy has Ultraman. Seen, she's seen quite a bit of the Ultraman Yeah, I really, stuff, I yes. love At least the original series. Yeah, and I I totally kept kind of going, when is that? Again, I think I have too much, like, American like girl cinema in my brain where I'm just like, will she they, totally won't they? Ross and Rachel Hayata and I Fuji. did. Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, that's the thing is I just, I yeah. have that ingrained in my brain so much because I watch so much, you know, growing up my, yeah. like, side tangent, no one needs to know about my family is mostly women. And so there's a lot of like, you know, romance movie stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, th- I do think I pick up on that more yeah. or so, but I totally, yeah, I agree yeah. with you, Rachel. Oh, I yeah. totally was waiting for that to yes. happen. Again, yeah. I haven't seen all the episodes. So and maybe secret Valentine's Day episode to tie it into, you know, more kaiju, uh, giant Fuji. That could be a kaiju. She could. Maybe That's true. She That's is a kaiju. kaiju. Yeah, right. I would, uh, not argue that with you, no. giant Fuji. No. Just saying. There you go. Did you know, sidebar, did you know that Fuji grew giant in Ultraman, but in Ultra Q, the same actress, which is Hiroko, Sak- Hiroko Sakurai, she uh, grew small nice. in, in her, oh, in her role in, uh, in Ultra Q. Yeah, there was, a, there was an episode where she was miniaturized. She was really upset. Wow. <laughs> she did not want to be miniaturized. <laughs> oh, that would be upsetting. Yeah. You get, Ultra Q is a great show. I mean, there's some... There's some great ones and there's some stinkers, obviously, but man, just 
production value on that show is fantastic. Anyway, sorry for the sidebar. I know you all hate sidebars, so <laughs> we never do it. So, uh-uh. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hayata <laughs> and Fuji, I could see, yeah. I could see that as a relationship. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew more about you know post science patrol lore and maybe you know mm-hmm. maybe yeah, somebody right. ship those together <laughs> some, some fan fiction <laughs> yeah. somewhere yeah. i'm sure, I'm sure. Look let's look, look on tumblr, tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm high-fiving my girlfriend he <laughs> said look on tumblr at the same time i'm sure it exists what's uh, that the rule yeah rule pretty much yeah. whatever uh yeah i would uh i would say the original godzilla definitely has the strongest like there is a love thing yeah. going on right now on the screen, you know. Uh, and I, you actually, I think it's the only romance in a kaiju film for me that I actively not identify with, but I feel for the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I legitimately like Sarazawa. I legitimately like Emiko. I legitimately like Ogata. Even though he's a home wrecker. No, I'm just kidding. The, uh, <laughs> but you know, you want all of those characters to, uh, to end, which is why it's so sad that that's, you know, that Sarazawa sacrifices himself not only for the world, but also so that Emiko and Ogata can be happy together. And that is that's just romantic as all get out. It really is, actually. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people don't talk about romance in kaiju films, which is why we're talking about it today. We're starting the conversation. <laughs> this is going to rock the world. <laughs> it's a new era. In I expect this to be our most downloaded podcast ever. Just kidding. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, mm, maybe not. Not so much. Where's yeah. the love, guys? <laughs> no. That's the We've, whole point of this episode. Right. Where, where is, is the love? The love? Uh, well, I mean, did anybody else have anything they wanted to add to the conversation specifically about romance and kaiju films? If it's not romantic love, uh, Godzilla loves Angulus. He's his little buddy. That's <laughs> like not best really friends. They yeah. are. They are really good buddies. Yeah, good I was buddies. saying, I, I think I brought up earlier, Not obviously not on the air because we haven't talked about it but um good kind of bromances too there's quite a bit of that like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really like really cool like chummy dude love in a lot of the movies like Mm -hmm. that i've seen anyway Mm -hmm. where it's not like it's not a romantic interest by any means but it's certainly like these people are really looking out for each other they really care like there's a lot of that sweetness and there's and that Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that's love. It's kind of romantic in a friend way, you know. Sure. But there's totally a lot of like, it, it sounds really wrong the way I'm going to say this right now, but like monster on monster love <laughs> where, where it does seem like there's like, there's some like team ups and like bromances kind yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. It's not, not naughty, you guys. Yeah. No, no. I'm being completely yeah. innocent about it, but yeah. Monster bromance. buddy love. Yeah. Right. But it, yeah, monster yeah. bromance or whatever. Yeah. 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 Jet Jaguar and and Godzilla. <laughs> I'm I actually don't want to see anything on Tumblr from this no. you know, stemming uh, no. from this episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ultraman that could be bad. tickles Gyango see? in the middle of a fight. That's nice. Some tickling sure. going on. Tickle fights. So, yeah, are tickle friendly. Fights. <laughs> I'm just gonna warn you guys. This is a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation could get away from us in a way that was unintended. This is, I feel like this is where it'd be like the, all of our voices cut out and you get like the technical difficulties. Please stand by. We'll like, be right back. Yeah, we'll be right back after these important messages. No, uh, I was not yeah. trying to be dirty about it. But yeah, just in terms of the like, there's a lot of friend love too. If we're getting off yeah. the, the romance ship Monsterly and onto love. the friendship. Mm-hmm. Monsterly love, yeah. yeah. Sorry for doing that to everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that too. And I, the only thing I was going to say about the um, the human element aspect when we were talking earlier about romance or not i think that it's sort of like think of all the movies when, when we're talking about all the romance in all the movies think about all the movies that you love your favorite kaiju films your favorite godzilla movies, right right and then take the human element out completely like as i know a lot of people are like just no people just the monsters and the mm-hmm. fighting which i get because that's a lot of times it's the best part but if you take the human element out completely then what are we what are you doing right like you kind of have to. You oh yeah, you, you totally know. have to. I mean, you otherwise you just have monster on monster battles, which right. is 
But Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but it doesn't, some people would, would love that. No, it doesn't make it doesn't make for a good film, though. Good no, film right? experience. Yeah. You need an actual plot, and yeah. if you and that's why they bring it in. Yeah, I mean, that's why no, that, I totally that's why the love, agree. you guys. That's why. Love. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just hope that if Toho ever starts to seriously consider relaunching the Godzilla series, that they really take a look at what worked and what didn't work in the original Showa era, and you know. Get somebody that can write like Sekizawa. Get somebody that can direct like Honda. And I know those are big shoes to fill, but... And listen to this episode. Yeah, listen to this episode. <laughs> Someone please translate this into Japanese for me. So No, it's just one of those things like... Because the, the stuff in the Millennium series is... I mean, I want to say that the stuff in the Heisei era, the love stories in the Heisei era are the worst. But at least you know they're there. Yeah. You know, like... The stuff in the Millennium series is like, you sit there and watch and go, really? Is Was that showing interest? Is that what he's yeah. doing to try and win the female in this scenario? It's really falls flat. Falls flatter than it does in the, in the Heisei era. For sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think, uh, I think we've talked about this lubby-dubby stuff for quite some time. And we're going to get into the news. Before we do that, we are going to play some more requests, starting with, oh, since we were just talking about the Heisei era, why don't we play something for Steve? This is Godzilla vs. Destroyer 2 and 3.
United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. Okay, so we don't have too much stuff to talk about in, uh, with regards to news. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is that uh, Digital Trends, which I think is a local company, I'm not really sh- too sure, they wrote a really nice article looking back on the 60 years of Godzilla's history. So I'll have a link in the show notes to that. Uh, in addition to that, there is... Um, it's it's not a campaign just yet. It's not any information that you can uh, go and help donate. But there's a guy on the Godzilla Dash News, I think, or Godzilla Dash Movies dot com forums, uh, who his kid is has gone through. I think gone through remission uh, mm-hmm. for some sort of terrible cancer, and uh, he is working with the Make a Wish Foundation because his kid wants to essentially be Godzilla for a day and nice. um it's at this point it's literally in the planning stages so there's not anything anybody can do but I'll have a link in the show notes to the uh forum post so if you're interested in helping out cuz I know I am and uh if you're listening out there uh sir I would say please reach out to me and let me know uh what I can do to help because I think it's a fantastic thing uh if you guys are familiar with the bat kid thing that happened in San Francisco, so like, cute. um, I think that's what they're, I don't think it's going to be that of that scale, but I think that's what they're trying to sort of do for this kid. And then right. I've, I've worked with the make of the wish foundation, uh, several times when I was, um, doing a lot of stuff with the 501st Legion and they are a fantastic organization. So, uh, check out the link in the show notes to that. And uh, we really don't have that much more to cover in this particular episode. We have some brand new Kaiju Core members, uh, starting with Raymond Bazinski. Thank you very much for joining at the Colonel level. And we have a cadet named Kyle. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not me. <laughs> it's me. not. It's not Lady Kyle either. No. So welcome to the core. Uh, what you guys are doing is super awesome. And... Um, I should probably actually give you guys an update. The patches should be shipped out, I believe, on Monday. Actually, probably not Monday because that's a holiday. But uh, the patches should be shipped out and getting here to the HQ sometime next week. And I will be pumping my fist up into the air repeatedly and yelling woohoo at the top of my lungs when they finally get here. Uh, and then right after that, I'll be ordering the lanyards, hopefully from the same people. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, we'll continue down the line until I have all of the materials, which hopefully will be ordered in rapid succession. If you want to be a part of the Kaiju core, which is essentially just a way to support the Kaiju cast, it is greatly appreciated. As I said before, you can go to kaijucast.com forward slash support to get all the information there. Uh, we have three different levels. We have the captains, colonels, and uh, corporals, I believe. That's what it is. And then there's cadets for kids, which is free for kids 12 or 14 and under. Again, don't have my notes in front of me, but, you know, <laughs> free for kids. <laughs> uh, you just need to email me about that. Anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention as far as housekeeping is that the deadline for the Daikaiju discussion for Godzilla versus the Thing, aka Mothra versus Godzilla, is February 22nd. So please make sure that if you want to have your homework turned in and uh, reviewed for the next Daikaiju discussion episode, you get that in before February 22nd. That is your deadline. I feel like I am missing something else. Oh, yeah. Here's the other housekeeping thing. Hey, all you awesome people who tuned into the live show and won the fabulous prize packs, you're probably sitting there going, Hey, man, where's my prize pack? Well, I can tell you where your prize pack is. It's over in the corner here in the in the, uh, <laughs> in the studio. I have been terrible about sending those out. Um, I'm really, really, really trying to light a fire under my own tail to get those sent out over the next uh, over the next week. That's a lot of boxes. So uh, I'm going to get those sent out. 
I promise. Anyway, <laughs> that was it. We're just going to close out the show. If you found the podcast through iTunes or some other directory of podcasts, like Stitcher or something like that, make sure you point your web browser to kaijucast.com where you can see everything that we're about. Follow links to our, uh, we'll, what do we have up at the top? We have our Kaiju discussion list so you can see all of the homework uh, or all the assignments, like I should I should say, from now until the Daikaiju discussion reboots. Uh, there's also the list of all episodes. So if you came to the Kaiju Cast through iTunes and you're like, "Hey, how come there's only 20 episodes in iTunes?" You can download everyone directly from the website. Uh, there's also a contact form, so you can get in touch with us. Links to all of our social media ings, which is you know Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube. I really need to get some videos uploaded to YouTube, uh, but that is not for right now. We're going to talk about that later sometime. Uh, we are going to close out the show with our final two requests. Would you like to know what those requests are, my co-hosts in the studio today? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, the first request we have goes to Jonathan, which is, uh, this is Jonathan, who I hung out with in San Francisco at the Fear Fest Evil. Because I had nice. to say it like that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he actually had a request during Monster Music Monday, but I liked it so much that I'm moving it to the episode. He wanted to hear the Ultraman theme song, the U.S. Ultraman theme song. Uh, and he's dedicating that to Bin Furuya. Then we're going to play the ending to the Japanese version of Godzilla 1985. And that is for Ben. So, until next time, you guys want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Jamata. <laughs> Goodbye now, Godzilla, until then.